first dog I loved was my first pet dog called Kizzy. I badgered my parents relentlessly as a child to let me have a dog, and finally they gave in. And I remember bringing her back home to our house. She was sort of snuggled up in a towel on the footwell of the car, and I was so excited. I did also want a horse at the time, so she did have to step into the role of being a horse. So she used to have to do sort of jumps around the garden with me, and I used to have a pretend stable for her. Um, all sorts of different activities. She definitely was my partner in crime for quite a long time when I was growing up. Well, it'd be fair to say that today's guest is something of an early riser because uh, Charlotte Hawkins is part of the team that brings you Good Morning Britain on ITV. And I've made a huge assumption that you're a morning person, but I guess it's by de- it's not by design, is it, necessarily? I don't really I have a choice a- with that one. I wasn't a morning person before I started on breakfast television, but you have to get used to it, really. I think the thing is, however tired you are, whether you're feeling half asleep or not, you just have to... Be bright-eyed and bushy-tailed in the morning because nobody wants to turn on their TV to find out what's going on in the world and see someone who's looking like they've been, you know, just dragged out of bed. So we have to try and fake it if we're not feeling it, basically. <laughs> and of course, you are the owner of the lovely Bailey, who it's been a pleasure to meet. My dog Spot is here. Aww. He's just been introducing himself to, to Bailey. I think they're going to be firm friends, uh, aren't let, they? They let, seem to be getting on very well. Yeah, let's hope so, because I'm always slightly nervous if I bring Spot to somebody's house that he's going to get, you know, the, the, that jealousy thing will kick off and we might get some spats. But so far, they've been very well behaved. No, Bailey's very easygoing. She's very accepting of all other dogs and and she's a big softy so if anyone sort of threatens anything she'll just go no no I'm not causing a fuss here (laughs) you can have your own way whatever you want to do so she's definitely the one that will give in first tell us a little bit about Bailey so I managed to persuade my husband there's been a lot of persuasion about getting (laughs) pets over the years but I managed to persuade my husband that we needed a dog in our life and he hadn't had dogs as a child, but obviously I'd, I'd had my dog and I just thought it would be great. We lived near Bushy Park at the time. I thought how lovely when this is right on our doorstep that we could have a dog to enjoy this with. So I looked on some rescue websites and I found this litter of puppies that had been brought over from Ireland. They'd been rescued from Ireland because they'd been dumped by a farm there and uh, they get taken to a pound and if they don't find homes for them then they put them down basically so it was through a charity who who rescues them from Ireland brings them over here tries to find homes for them and they bought two puppies round and actually I think we nearly would have had both but I think they thought you know that might be quite full-on and they did say if you get sort of siblings then sometimes they can form a pack without you sometimes they will just relentlessly bicker and fight so we did contain ourselves with just the one. And as soon as she came round as a puppy, she did a big poo on the floor in the kitchen. And my husband said to me, this is your test. You have to prove to me how much you want this dog, that you're going to be happy to clear up after it. So I was there on my hands and knees, having only just met this puppy, having to clear up after it. But it was definitely love at first sight. And I think despite my husband's perhaps initial reticence I mean he went along with it but he wasn't quite sure you know how it was going to work out what sort of commitment it would be what it would feel like they have had such a lovely relationship and she is you know like our furry child and things like 
you know, not so much now she's older, but when she was smaller, he'd be working from home and I'd get back and she'd be sat on his lap while he was on the laptop, you know, so... Um, about, about that dog you weren't sure about. I know, Tell exactly. me what's going on here. What's happening here, so... Um, yeah, she's been lovely. She's such an affectionate dog. And the thing I love about her is, you know, she's always pleased to see you. She's always so excited by everything. It's that enthusiasm. It's that joy. Whether you've been gone for two minutes, five minutes, three hours, however many days, you know, it's the same welcome that you get. And she's just so gorgeous, so good natured. And I love the fact that every time people come round, they love spending time with her. And even people who aren't dog people or aren't sure about dogs, we've had children that have been scared of dogs and they've met Bailey and it's completely transformed how they think of dogs. So she's a really special dog to us. Can you cast your mind back to that moment where you had to choose between those two? As you said, you nearly couldn't because you wanted them both. But... Well, they were both quite quiet and shy and I think we just picked the one that had a bit more about her. That was how we did it. We went for Bailey because of that. And to begin with, she was really timid because of her background. She was scared of everything. She was scared of men in particular. She was scared of old ladies, which was quite That's awkward odd. sometimes. We had a, we had an older lady on our road who was very excited by the fact that we'd got this puppy and always wanted to try and stop and talk and Bailey was terrified of her and things like she wouldn't as a puppy she wouldn't want to walk past a man in the street we had to work quite hard on socializing her from that point of view she was really really shy to begin with and quite scared of a lot of things and after a while it, it, I mean it didn't take long to build up her confidence to get her used to different scenarios and now she's completely at ease with everything. And she's sort of, you know, she's a bit bonkers. So we feel, I don't know what we did to her in the meantime, because she went from being this quiet, timid, shy dog that was scared of everything to being completely bonkers um, and, and not scared of anything. But, you know, it's great. It's absolutely lovely. And we, and we love that side of her. So how much did they tell you about her background? Because obviously it's a big deal to take a dog that might have had some issues in its early life to into your home and perhaps not know 100% what you were dealing with? Or were they very clear about what had happened to her before? They were very clear about she'd been found as a very young puppy and then she'd been brought over here. She'd gone straight to a foster home with uh, a dog owner who had a, a long track record of owning dogs, who had um, small children herself. So from a very young age... She was used to being around children and they were completely comfortable with the fact. I mean, obviously, you know, it's, it's a dog, so you've got to be have a certain amount of caution. But they were comfortable that she was good with children as well, which we wanted to be careful of. That was before we had Ella Rose. But obviously, we, it's something that's on your mind that you want to make sure that if you've got children around that you're, you know, you'll be able to trust your dog. And um, also what we didn't get her till she was four months old. So... They'd started a bit of the training, which I think in retrospect was really helpful for us because they'd started the toilet training. They'd started with some basic commands. We didn't go through that initial stage that can be quite hard for people who aren't used to having dogs. You know, the, the separation from the mum, the do they sleep through the night, things like that. She, she'd sort of started her down the track for us, which I hadn't owned a dog for several years then. So it was nice to be able to 
to have her and, and to be able to acclimatise her a bit more easily. I cheated. I got spotted at seven months old. So <laughs> I didn't do that. Someone else did all the work for you, did <laughs> Someone, they? My sister, actually, my sister did Aww. all of the work. She has, she has Spot's brother, actually. So I was very fortunate. She'd done all of that work. I didn't have to do any of the, the puppy training. Uh, and he, we just, he just arrived in my house and it was like, right, let's get on with it. You know, this is great. Do you want to go for a walk? So I kind of avoided all of that. So I admire people who do take on that and go through that, that whole process because it's, it's really not easy. I read something about the first time you let her off the lead was quite, was quite a thing. Yeah, so we took her to Bushy Park and, you know, it comes a time where you think we, we've taken her for lots of walks. She's always been very well behaved we're going to have to to try this out and see what happens. But there is that moment when you're never quite sure about their recall because obviously when when they're on the lead, they can come straight back. But if the worst happens, then, you know, you've still got that connection with them on the lead. It was raining, so there was no one else around. So we thought this is a good time to try out and see exactly what will happen. Anyway, she leapt into there's sort of this... um, river type bit that was covered in pond weed so I don't know if she got confused and didn't realize it was water but she couldn't get back out again so I had to throw myself on the ground drag her out of the water absolutely soaking covered in pond weed so we left it a little while longer before we tried that one again but we realized that she does love water but isn't always able to get out on her own steam how was she with the deer in bushy park she's fine she sort of had a cautious respect for them i think we which was just as well because you know obviously you have to be careful you didn't have your fenton moment then no but i was always really really worried about it so you know we always kind of kept her under control just in case because it was always my worst nightmare that something like that would would happen but luckily things like that she's I think she would be very cautious around them I mean even cats we've got a big um a really big fluffy cat here it's ginormous actually (laughs) and she sort of will run after it going you're a cat you're a cat and then the cat will sit there and she gets a bit closer and she's like, okay, you're not moving. I will just leave you. I was actually heading over here. I'm just going to leave you sat right there. So she's... Actually, you're she's, quite big. Yeah, no, I'm exactly. Not sure about you. And you're not moving. You're obviously not scared of me. Therefore, I'm going to swerve and do a detour. So she's she's less confrontational. I, I have my heart dogs. in my mouth when I take Spot to Bushy Park because he's just a typical terrier. So he's got centuries of DNA hardwired and the first time he saw deer and I had let him off the lead it was not good and he went charging after I think he was curious more than anything and he just wanted to sort of play with them he didn't want to hurt them he just wanted to play and so of course they're very skittish so they scatter immediately mm. which makes it look 10 times and then worse they think it's a game. and then they, then they think it's a game and so it sort of it doubles down and I remember my mum was in there one day and a, a police officer saw her and Spot had been running after some deer and he was very kind because I know you could, so a friend of mine has had an on-the-spot fine in Richmond Park for his dog tasting the deer and they made him get his credit card out and it was something astronomical, like £600 for harrying the deer. So I'm so conscious of not wanting to be in his shoes. And the police officer said, a word of advice to you, madam. Next time that happens, just walk away and pretend the dog's not yours. Oh, really? (laughs) Don't call its name because then we know it's your dog. Just keep walking. Pretend it's not yours. I'm not sure that's supposed to be the official advice, (laughs) is it? No, I'm not sure that was the official advice. But, um, oh, hello, Spot. Just jumped on my lap. Did you know we were talking about you? And... uh, 
yeah, after that, my mum was like, mm, I've thought that's actually quite a good idea. So that's my plan now. And if that ever happens, I just walk off and keep and walking. And you say, whose dog is that? Yes, you Who kind of go, let their dog do that? Whose dog has that? So has Bailey ever embarrassed you in those moments where you're, you're thinking, oh, I wish she hadn't done that? Um, I'm sure she must have done. I mean, hers most of the time would involve rolling in some sort of poo, which is never nice, is it? No. And so I think that's the thing that I always dread. But she does love jumping in water, jumping in muddy puddles. I mean, I've got a five-year-old who used to love watching Peppa Pig jumping in muddy puddles, but as soon as Bailey sees a muddy puddle, she's in it. Not just is she in it, but she'll sort of just get as muddy as possible. She puts her nose in it and flicks the mud up. So if you drive somewhere, it's a nightmare because your car is then covered in mud. We end up having to take loads of towels with us because we know exactly what's going to happen. But there's just no stopping her. It's, for some strange reason, one of her greatest pleasures, either rolling in mud or fox poo or something. Yeah, that sounds like you, Spot, doesn't it? disagreeable. Yes, you do. You don't really, not that keen on a bath, but yeah, you love love muddy water in the Thames. That's, that's kind of, that's kind <laughs> of one. What, what is Bailey? What, do you, what breed is she? She's a cross between a Labrador and a Terrier. And we had a dog DNA test, actually, because we were intrigued to know what sort of combination she would be. I still have my doubts, to be honest, because for the dog DNA, you had to guess. You had to sort of say, I think she is a whatever. So I said, I think she's some sort of mixture, but with a bit of Labrador and a bit of Terrier. <laughs> and then funnily enough, she came back with that. But it, but it made it sound like she's from a pedigree Labrador and a pedigree Terrier, but I'm sure that's not the case because everybody I meet says, oh, I think she's got a bit of Whippet in her. And everyone's got a different theory about what kind of dog you know, she she's might got be. her roots from. So, yeah, we, we don't really know. But, because Paddy, um, Paddy, the producer, who's here, made a good point. It's like, what, you can do DNA on dogs? On dogs, yeah, you can. So it's fascinating, and I really wanted to know what sort of breed she was because everybody asks what combination is she. So what you have so, to do is like take a, a, a swab. Yeah, you just swab take in a, swab. Her mouth, a swab in her mouth. Yeah, a swab in her mouth. So it's and the same as on the telly yeah, when you see send the, off the test crime programs. And then um, no, it's not long afterwards you get the results back. So I loved it. It's fascinating. Now you talk about her being your fur baby. Yeah, because then you obviously had Bailey, then you had an actual baby. Yes. So were you nervous about? what that dynamic might be when you brought your lovely daughter Ella Rose home? Well, um, not so much from the point that we knew that Ella Rose has always, uh, Bailey's always been good. (laughs) Hello, Spot's come to say hello to me now. You are lovely, aren't you? Very affectionate. And you're giving me a nice lick on my hand. Are you about to lick my face? Yes, you are about to lick my face. Um... So, don't, don't let me down, Scott. Now, please. It's, it's, I know. I know. She's a. She's a. She's an attractive is it woman. The lip gloss you're going for. Is that what it is? <laughs> um, we, we knew that Bailey's always been good with children, so we were pretty confident it was going to be okay. But you know, you do. You do have to keep your eye on them because it does change things within a household, and, and you worry about how mm. your dog might react to that. She was just intrigued. She was absolutely because we brought Ed Rose back in this little baby carrier and, and put her on the 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 worktop and Bailey could just hear these little noises coming out of it and was looking at it obviously thinking what on earth is that they've brought back but she was really excited I think she sort of knew it was some kind of exciting creature that we'd brought back for her to play with and she's been so lovely but you know I was really careful with things like reinforcing the pack order so that she's always eaten after us 
And oh, that's interesting. So when Ella Rose was little, you know, I'd made sure that she always saw Ella Rose eating before her. So she knew that she was lower down the pack order than Ella Rose. Oh, that's fascinating. I'd never even... Basically. Never, like, never occurred to me yeah. to... And I guess because it's just me, it's me and Spot in my house. So we just right. rub along together. Yeah. So it's not like we have to worry too much about something like that. But no, it never hadn't occurred to me. So we, you obviously did your homework. Yeah, we did do our homework because one of the early times when we got Bailey, actually, we gave her a, we gave her a treat. We gave her one of those um, pig's ears to chew on as a puppy. She hid under the table and she wouldn't give it back. And I said to my husband, we've, we've got to get this from her because, you know, the dogs have to know that you, you can take sort of food. You can give them food, take it away, but they have to sort of be gentle the whole time. Oh, Spot's off. He's Thanks, spotted, Spot. spotted something. That's, that's normally, I think I've seen a squirrel or some, something of that nature. We do have a nature. lot of squirrels around here. Look at him. He's now standing there. His tail's in the air. Yeah. He's, he's making a complete racket. He's like, I'm the boss here. If you're a squirrel, you don't want to come anywhere near me. Trust me. <laughs> He can see them off, that's fine. Yeah. And um, she was growling, not wanting to give up this pig's ear, so I made my husband get the pig's ear <laughs> off her. So she's always sort of known, actually, that where her place is. And I think as a consequence of that, she, you know, she's, she's much more um, easygoing about situations. I mean, she's very food-orientated, that's the only issue. Like a lot um, of dogs. Yes. Yeah, so obsessed. You, yeah. think I ne- you think I never fed him half the time. I know, the and that's the thing. That's exactly the same with Bailey. And we're always saying, did, did we feed her? Because she looks like she's sat there absolutely <laughs> starving. And I think people come round and say, Bailey looks like she's really hungry because she's hanging off. If they've got some food in their hand, she's literally hanging off their every morsel. We're like, no, she's always like that. Don't worry. So you've obviously, you obviously did your homework and you obviously know a lot about dogs. So are you the sort of owner who's very strict about where they sleep and yes. they're not allowed upstairs yes. or so they, she doesn't come she's not allowed on your bed for instance no because oh. for me like a um you know a dog's a, a i know we call her our furry baby yeah. but a dog's a dog it's a, <laughs> it's a pet and it's important to treat it as a dog rather than a member of the family you're about to tell me that you snuggle up with spot every night now aren't you how did Sorry. you did i have that written know, on my forehead you just look at it and go, ah. <laughs> she's not allowed upstairs um i think it was just it was easier in all the houses we've had, actually, sort of downstairs, we've had either tiles or wooden floors, easier to keep clean. And then upstairs, we've had carpets and everything. And I just thought, I don't want dog hairs everywhere. It was sort of our way of, of separating it. Which is fair enough, totally. I live in a flat, so there are no stairs, which makes life slightly more <laughs> yes. difficult. And I have tried with Spot to say, right, you're a dog and... The old conversation I've had with people where they look at me and go, really? He sleeps on your bed? Well, I'm going, yeah. So I've put him in the kitchen in his basket and tried to shut the kitchen door. But because I wasn't disciplined enough to do that from the word go, then I get that kind of, I'm lying in bed and I'm trying to drift off and I'm just hearing this. I'm like, oh, really? No. And then you go to go, ignore it. He'll get used to it quickly. And then every time I've done it, I've caved. I'm dreadful. So, and I know other people do it, and I respect those but people who do have the boundaries. You have to stick to but... the boundaries, and, and with dogs, you have to be really consistent because if you give them an inch, if there's, <sighs> the, the, there's no sort of flexibility with a dog, if you, you know, it's hard for them to understand. If you let them do it once, then they're like, "Well, you let me do it, so that's well, it. I can do it." I, I, you're absolutely right, and that's the, that's the cycle I've now got myself into, and so I've kind of given up. And there's something very reassuring when I go to bed and I'm. You know, nestling into my pillow and there's just that 
you know, little, he nussles into my hip Aww. and he stays there and, and that's us for the night. No, you see, and I know what would happen if Bailey came. Bailey would be sleeping like a starfish <laughs> and then Mark and I would be sort of squidged in either corner or something. He is quite good at doing the old, yes, uh, doing the old pillow creep, as Andrew Cotter called it. Occasionally one yeah. of his dogs might be on the bed and next thing they know their head is on the pillow and you're like, really? Could you look any more human if you tried right now? And well, I kind of... their head that's on the pillow. Well, it has, it has vaguely occurred to me sometimes, what? I was like, what would happen if I was to meet someone? This could get a little bit complicated. <laughs> a bit cosy. Mm, yeah. Yes, maybe then I, he would have to go into the kitchen. I think that might be the better plan. When you when you look at Bailey, I mean, it's she seems very sprightly, but she's she's fourteen now, which is yeah. quite an age. She's going to be a dog. fifteen this year. Yeah. The, the lovely thing is, she's still going strong. She's still full of energy. She'll still put a burst of speed on and tear around the garden and and act like a puppy. She has had to have um, two back knee operations, so she's kind of a bit of a, a robo-dog from that <laughs> point of view. It was vast expense, but it was worth it because it did give her a new lease of life. And it's great now that she's still able to run around. She sleeps a lot more than she ever did before, but, I mean, she always loved sleeping. And uh, I don't know whether her hearing's going a bit or whether sort of in her old age she's doing the whole, ah, la, 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 I can't hear you, no, I'm not going to come back. <laughs> It's, it's hard to tell, but, um, you know, she's, she's a, an older lady now, so we sort of treat her with the respect that she's due. <laughs> she is, deserves every bit of it. Spot's only four. Oh, But my mind does drift to those men. We, we have such a strong bond, and I love him to bits. And my mind has drifted to that moment where you think, what well, if Spot wasn't there? How would I deal with that? And have, as a family, have you thought about, the life beyond Bailey, given her age now, or are you sort of a bit in denial of that? I don't really want to think about it. Because I... I wonder what it must be like for people who have older dogs and how can you prepare yourself for a life without that? I think it's always bird, a worry precious dog. when we go away, for example. I mean, we don't put her in kennels. We, we usually, um, she goes down to either my mum or, or Mark's parents down in Devon. So she has a little holiday down in Devon. And so, you know, we know she's sort of well looked after when we're not there. But I always dread, particularly when we're away, that we might get a phone call that something's happened. And, you know, I do, I do always worry about something happening to her. And when she's not here, you really notice that fact because it's so silent. And I sort of hear her little, you know, tap tapping of the paws you think you can hear her and when the door when you go to open the front door and you come in and then there's no dog and it just feels really weird I'm like oh I know she's not here where's the dog so I know it's just going to be a massive wrench when she's not here anymore we did talk about getting another dog you know to go alongside would we get a a dog which which we still talk about now which maybe we will do we were waiting until Ella Rose is a bit older to do that but we'll just wait and see hopefully she's got a few more years left in her yet we'll just have to keep our fingers crossed because I talked to Andrew Cotter about that with the whole Oliver Mabel phenomenon yeah. and, and he Olive came first she, she's the older dog and he said his entire reason for getting Mabel apart from Mabel's clearly a lovely dog is that he didn't want to be without a dog if something then happened to Olive so it is almost the heir and the spare <laughs> 
I because know. those who like Andrew, who you know just absolutely adores his dogs, he couldn't comprehend a life without one or even a gap before moving on to the new dog. So I don't know. It must be very difficult when you have to face that. I don't know. I can't even begin to imagine. Because I think the issue is I've you know I've met people who've had a dog and then you know something's happened and. And then they find it hard to get another dog because it feels like they're replacing that dog, which they feel that, you know, you can't do because that dog will always have a special place for you. So it is, I think it is probably preferable to get one to go alongside. And I always thought she would be good at showing a younger dog the ropes. There's nothing like sort of an older dog to to set the house rules this is how we do things around here and she needs to know you these rules yes exactly she yeah. needs to know these rules because there's no sleeping upstairs no i know you're you're, you're the bottom of the pecking order here yes, in terms exactly. of the pack so yeah, yeah it'd be very, pack order. It, it would be very useful to have she those rules laid down reinforce that <laughs> i know you are a massive fan of of classical music and you obviously have a sunday show on classic fm and as you, when we arrived here, your mobile phone was, was playing <laughs> in your back pocket. Yes. It was playing classical music. It's company. Yeah. Well, actually, what's your favourite piece of classical music? Do you have a piece? Oh, I have so many. One that's very dear to me at the moment is uh, Bluebird by a pianist called and a composer called Alexis French. And I wanted to relearn the piano. I, I learned the piano as a child and then didn't play for many years. And then I really wanted to get back into it. So we got a piano because we wanted to encourage Ella Rose to play as well. And it was after hearing this piece, Bluebird, which Alexis French plays so beautifully. It's a stunning piece of music. And I thought, I really want to play that. So it Can was, you my, play it it was my news resolution. And I did teach myself to wow. play it. And then he appeared on Good Morning Britain. And I interviewed him at the end of the year. And they said, will you duet with him? <laughs> So much to my horror, I learned how to play this piece of music, put my money where my mouth is and play this piece of music with him. I was absolutely terrified because there's nothing like... And you do that live? Yeah, you know, you play it at home and there's something different. It's a very intensely personal experience. It doesn't matter though if you, you know, you get a few notes wrong or anything, but when you're live on television and there's something very different about performing it in front of so many people, your hands are shaking, you've forgotten what the notes look like, you know, it all goes out the window, especially when you're next to the person who's composed it, who pays it so beautifully. But for me, you know, it's, it's a lovely piece of music and Ella Rose helps me. She plays some of the top notes as well. So I kind of, you know, like to get her engaged in in music at the same time but how did it go this duet i'm fascinated well it was it was he he says i played beautifully but i think he's being polite Uh, i mean i got through it (laughs) and didn't massacre it too much so in that mind that was a success but uh yeah it's it's still one of my favorite pieces definitely and and it is that bit of musical escapism it's that piece for me, you know, if you if you have one of those days where it's all been a bit bonkers, it's all been a bit crazy, you just put this on and you can kind of drift away. It's a bit of musical escapism to take you away from it all. So when you and Ella Rose are tinker, tinkering on the old ivories, what, what's Bailey, what does her reaction like? Does she, is <laughs> she's she a piano hiding. Fa- <laughs> she's yeah. hiding. <laughs> she, uh, yeah, she's, she's, she won't, I mean, things like... Um, recorders and things she definitely looks a bit miffed by because uh, I was trying to teach Ella Rose Mary had a little lamb the other day and a five-year-old on a recorder I can see why there were two of us on recorders and (laughs) 
And Ella Rose is quite a strong character, so she's like, no, I'm not playing it like that, I'm playing it like this, and it's full volume recorder. My husband's working from home at the moment as well, so he's obviously delighted to have that in the background of his conference calls, so there's this cacophony of sound. Uh, so Bailey usually goes and hides wherever he is because she thinks it's um, going to have the best chance of being getting a bit of peace and quiet so she can stay asleep. There must be parents up and down the country of why did we give our gorgeous child a recorder yeah it's just kind of that no I've, i played the recorder did you play the recorder paddy the producer no i played the recorder I played it really really bad i played the cello at one point but that's a whole mm. different story i've seen you describe music as as good for the soul is, is is a dog the same i think so absolutely they bring so much joy and love into a house and you know, you come back after you've had a hard day and they're there, full of excitement at the door. For dogs, it's all about living in the moment. It's all about, you know, embracing that particular time. And they're, you know, it doesn't matter what's happened in the past, it doesn't matter what's going to happen in the in the future. You're just there with your dog, able to have a, a lovely time. And there's nothing like giving your dog a cuddle, you know, and just it makes everything feel better. I know you must have the odd stressful day. You have to sit next to Piers Morgan for a start. Exactly. <laughs> it takes a lot of dog cuddles to make up for that one. <laughs> I can't even imagine what it must be like to sit next to Piers Morgan for your day job. Yeah, well, you know, he um, he's, he's just he is what he is. We sort of call him Marmite because people either love him or hate him. <laughs> But um, yeah, I think, you know, it's nice to come home to classical music and uh, take the dog out. And, uh, I was going to say, she helps you unwind. Starts the recovery process. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bailey's been in your life for such a long time now, 14 years of age, we've said. Can you even begin to describe what she meet has come to mean to you over that time? I think, I mean, it's hard to sort of put into words, really, but I think... In the same way that you're, you know, I'm always sort of conscious of it. things like when we had builders round and the whole time I was thinking, have they left the gate open? You know, you're always worried that something might happen to them. Um, and it's a bit like, you know, when you have a child, it's the same thing. You're like, are they going to be okay doing this? And is that going to be okay? So for me, that sort of shows how much she means to me and and you know we really miss her it's not the same going for a walk if you don't go for a walk with a dog it brings a whole different aspect to it you know down, even down to people spots off again even down to people people being more friendly people you know have a little chat to you when you've got a dog and you go for a walk it just you know adds a different aspect to it that's amazing because I mean, it'll be People say nobody talks to each other in London. But that's not true if you have a dog. It's not true, exactly. You just need a dog. Absolutely. And everyone's your friend. Yeah, because the number of times people stop and go, want to talk to Spot when he's not making this kind of racket, (laughs) clearly. Um, And I've got to know people in my local area through our dogs. I might sit in my local coffee shop and they go, hi, how's Spot today? How are you? And you kind of think, well, actually makes you feel part of a a dog community if you like and some connected to those around you have you experienced that a little bit I guess you must get recognized a little bit when you're out and about on dog walks as well so it's slightly different dynamic well, no but. the only thing is usually when I'm out on a dog walk I've got my hair scraped back and no makeup on so I'm, I'm pretty unrecognizable I've got like you know my muddy wellies on and an old coat you know something so um, yeah I'm looking quite different but I think that's definitely true and particularly when we live near Bushy Park because it was one of those places where a lot of people go for walks 
walks on a regular basis. But if you're, you know, if you're one of the ones with the dogs, people will say hello. You'll see the same people. You'll get to know people just by going for a walk in the same place as them. And it's really nice to have that that sort of sense of community of dogs bringing people together. And I think even when you go out and you know, you, you, you're walking down the street with a dog or something. People have, have quite often got a, a comment to say about them, which is great. You know, it's a great mechanism for meeting other people. If you've moved to a new area and you want to make friends quickly, get a dog, I would say. Exactly. It's a good step forward. You find people smile at you and you're kind of, yes. they're smiling at me and then you realise it's because they're the kind of acknowledging the dog. Yes. And they kind of, and I go, oh, well, yeah, hi, how are you? Nice to see you. I, I, I really, I really love that. I saw a photo of you and Bailey outside the ITV studios. So I was thinking, have you taken Bailey to work? And how, yes, and how that went? She was really good, actually. I took her to work and she was taking part in some filming <laughs> live on Good Morning Britain, which, you know, was always a bit of a nerve-wracking moment. Never worked with animals and children. But, but... she was really well-behaved. So I've got, I just took loads of pictures because I thought it was so surreal that she was there. So she was in my dressing room and then um, I took her into the studio and she sat on the sofa. <laughs> And yeah, she Love was that. great. I mean, she doesn't, you know, what she was the filming really then? What was the kind of... It was to do with sort of rescue dogs. So I took okay. her in as part of that. I'm very proud of the fact that she's a rescue dog. I would always want to, to have a rescue dog. Um, you know, that would be my preferred method of, of getting a dog because I just think there are so many dogs out there needing homes. So it was as part of that that I was I was doing it but and she's like you she took to it like a duck to water right yeah she was good although you know quite luckily there was no food around otherwise she would have been very easily distracted so I think don't take her into the green no yeah she would have been hoovering up the sandwiches it would have been very embarrassing (laughs) because you are an ambassador aren't you for national dog adoption day and so is that because it's so important to you to, to help out rescue dogs if, if people can? Yes, I'm really, I'm really happy to support that one. And also I do work with the Dogs Trust as well. And I just think that there are so many lovely dogs that people quite often have an idea of what dog they want. They'll see a picture and they'll think, yeah, I want a dog that looks like that. You know, sadly, it's like, oh, I want a dog that will look good on Instagram or whatever else it is. But Actually, there are just so many special dogs out there. And, and like with Bailey, you get so many different combinations. You never quite know what breed of dog you're going to end up with, but they've all got something different to offer. And the great thing about rescue centres is that you can go along, you can talk to them about what sort of dog you're looking for, you know, how much time realistically you've got to exercise it. And they can say to you, this type of dog will be good, this breed will be good for you. You know, some dogs sleep a lot and need, you know, bursts of exercise. Others do need a really long walk every day. So you can kind of work out what type of dog is going to be best for you. But I just think, you know, why not adopt one of the many dogs up and down the country that desperately need homes? And if you go to a rescue centre, it's... You know, I'm surprised I just don't come out with more. Well, My husband, his heart sinks. He's like, oh, no, don't go. Don't go to the rescue <laughs> centre. I know what's going to happen. Because yeah. I just want to adopt them all. And I'll, one of these days I will come back with a Great Dane or something, you know, that, <laughs> that nobody else wants. And I'll be like, yeah, but it just looked at me with those eyes and, and it had been there for so long and nobody loved it. It's so. funny you mentioned the Dog's Trust because I follow the dog's trust on social media, on Twitter, actually. And <clears throat> I'm going, and it's got very distinctive branding, that mm. bright yellow and I'm scrolling through my timeline and up comes the dog's trust and there's this dog with his, you know, big eyes going, this is, this is, I don't know, this is Fred and this is Fred's story and Fred needs, as you say, a, a home with no children or a home with a big garden or whatever. 
And I just, now I've got to the stage where I have to, I see the dog's trust coming up on my timeline. I'm going, no, I have to spool through quickly because otherwise I'm just, I look at the stories and I go, oh, I want to take them all. And you can't take them all. But, you know, I think it's become an issue in lockdown, hasn't it? That people took dogs and now discovering actually that what, what a handful and what, commitment you need to have a dog so it's become more important than ever that the work of the dogs trust isn't it it has yeah we did a story on it recently on good morning britain because we were talking about the fact that uh, a lot of people that there had been a big increase in people getting puppies during lockdown and of course the fear is we were all living through different circumstances people were at home a lot more it, they had been a lifeline for a lot of people because it is so lovely to have them there as a companion but when people's working lives go back to normal if they do go back to the office then what does that mean for the dog are they still going to be able to fit in to their life so you know their new dogs trust new slogan is kind of a a dog's not just for lockdown it is for life and you have to think about the commitment and if you can still look after a dog with a change of circumstance and also there were a lot of people who you know they would see an advert for a puppy online and and then go along and there are people who are are trying to make money out of it there are scam breeders who will pretend that they've bred the dog and there are so many red flags to look out for you know you really need to do your homework you need to check out that it is a, a proper breeder you need to make sure that you see a puppy with its mother there are just so many people who aren't treating the dogs in the way that they should be they're just trying to make money out of them and it's it's heartbreaking you know there's just we shouldn't be allowing that to happen. So it really is up to everybody to be responsible about where they get their dogs from. Yeah, well said. Um, Spot has this ability to sniff out a tennis ball uh, wherever he happens to be. And so... Has he just found that in my garden? I think he's found that in Did your you find garden. That? I find that? Like I said, it's like moth to a flame, spot to a tennis ball. So I, I hope, I've I hope never Bailey's seen that not going to get upset. <laughs> I have no idea where that tennis ball came from. So, so I was thinking, is it Bailey's tennis Just ball and we're going to have tennis ball wars going no, on? No, she'll be fine. That that will have been under a bush somewhere that she probably couldn't reach it. She, yeah, she... Uh, She does have a tendency to sort of, um, she'll take it under a bush and she'll drop it. (laughs) And then you tell her to go and get it. And she looks at you saying, I don't know, what ball are you talking about? I've not seen a ball. So it's her own fault for losing it. Yeah, quite right. Spot, don't chew it to pieces because it's not yours. Um, Finally, next time you get up to go off to Good Morning Britain and you're up, what time do you get up? 2.45. Oh, gosh, that's the middle of the night. Not even Bailey wakes up at that time. I was just curious Mm. as to what what is Bailey's reaction when you're padding around the house at 2.45 in the morning. So when we first got her as a puppy, I was working for Sky News then and it used to be really hard because she would hear me get up, she'd be really excited (laughs) She'd be crying because she wanted to play and I'd have to be really hard hearted and just say, I'm, you know, I have to go. I didn't have time in the morning to be able to to do anything. And she just had to get used to that. And now she doesn't even, I mean, she barely wakes up. She'll sort of lift her head up. She'll open one eye and then she'll go back to sleep. So even she thinks it's a crazy time to be getting up. It's a ridiculous, that's the middle of the night. And I look at her wistfully when she's all cosy in her bed and she can go back to sleep. And I'm thinking, oh, the life of a dog, how lovely. (laughs) Right, it's been lovely to have you on our doggy podcast. So thank you so much. Charlotte, it's a pleasure. It's been great. Thanks very much for asking me.